right, good morning, Friendship Church. Good to see all your smiling faces. Where are they? There they are. Smiling faces this morning. We've got some spuds later on. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And the lettuce and the cheese was not for the ice cream, right? Is that, that's for the spuds? Is that, okay, just making sure. Um, all right, last week of kicking it old school. I have enjoyed kicking it old school. I don't know about you. Uh, maybe, maybe this was a sermon series for me, and y'all were just kind of tagging along, but uh, I, I've enjoyed it. So this is our Back to the Basics course. This is one of those, uh, as I've said, for those of you who grew up in the church, in children's church, we learned a couple of foundational things. For those of you who did not grow up in the church, this is a catch-up course on some stuff that um, uh, us as Christians have learned for a long time, but we're wanting to grow in our understanding of that. And so every week we have a song that we learned in kids' church, and I think that this was a fan favorite. At least it was where I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, and so I think that you've heard this one before. This is probably pretty good. Let's, let's go ahead and play this song. See if you know this song. Any ideas of what I'm You've heard this song before, anybody? Give yourselves a big hand. My favorite part was the hide it under a bushel. No. <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. Okay. I love that song. That one was a good one uh, growing up. Uh, yeah, that, this little lot of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So we, we didn't have time to play, uh, to sing uh, Father Abraham. We may have to do that next time, right? <laughs> Father, no, we're not. Um, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. All right, so the couple of, of weeks, first week we talked about the image of God, how we were created in God's image. We need to look to God for our identity and who we are. Next week we talked about foundations. Uh, we talked about going to church, reading our Bible, praying, Christian friends, foundational things. Last week we talked about generous giving, that as Christians we are uh, generous in our giving to the Lord because God has given us so much. And this week, we're talking about telling others about Jesus. As Christians, we have got to let our light shine, correct? Yes? We are called to let our light shine to the world. That's what we want to do. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in a couple of places in Matthew. And... Um, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 9, and Matthew chapter 28. We're going to hear the words of Jesus this morning, what Jesus told us to do. 
Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 9, and Matthew chapter 28. We've got the verses on the screen for you as well. Matthew chapter 5, start in verse 14 with a couple of verses here. This is in his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was uh, one of his, or probably his most famous sermon. It says, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Have you ever heard this verse before? You are the light of the world. Okay? He says later in John, he's talking about how I am the light, and if you have me in you, then you let your light shine as well. And so you are the light because Jesus Christ lives inside of you. Amen? So you are the light. He says it. He already tells you. You are the light of the world. Stop waiting on anybody else to do anything. You are. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. I'm sure many of you have um, driven somewhere before at night, and you're driving on that lonely highway, and, and you know normally the trees are there, but you can't see the trees because it's dark, and so you're trying to, trying to drive. Maybe you're driving you know, this way to San Antonio, you're driving that way to Dallas, and, uh, you know, dark at night, and you can't, you know, the only light you can see is inside your car or other cars, headlights, that sort of thing. It's, it's you know, it's dark, and then you feel like you're about to come up on a city, you know, and then you see that light, that yellow light that's in front of you. Bucky's. And you know you're getting close to where you want to be. And so... What do, what do all good Texans do whenever they see that, that big Bucky's light? We got to stop. We got to stop because we, we have to once again prove to ourselves they are the cleanest restrooms in all of Texas. <laughs> okay? And then while you're already there at Bucky's, you might as well get a small snack, right? You got to get a, a small snack that consists of a barbecue sandwich and three sausage jalapeno kolaches and a bag of peanut brittle and some gummy worms and a box of fudge, right? And ice cream. That's your small snack that costs $74 on your way out. (laughs) And we all do it. (laughs) There's just something about that light that brings you in. I've never wanted peanut brittle in my life until I saw that sign, (laughs) and then I'm going in. That's, listen, that light, for whatever reason, it draws us in. And similarly, Jesus says that you are the light that's supposed to draw people in, right? Sorry, Siri, don't talk to me. (laughs) We are the light that draws people in. And like a city on a hilltop, it cannot be hidden, okay? We're not supposed to put our light under a bushel. We're not supposed to turn all of our lights off so no one can see that the Christians are here. No, no, no. We're supposed to let our light shine. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. We all understand this. This is why we have light, so that we can see, so that we can figure out where we're going. We all, we all understand this. We all know this in a, in a light. But we got to understand that the light is inside of us. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father we have a connection with other people because when we let our light shine then god is able to be praised by others see that connection that we not only have with god in the light but that connection that we have with others and other people those who are lost those who do not know the light they do not know jesus 
how are they going to praise God unless they see the light, unless they can see where they're going and what they're doing? And that's what we are supposed to do. That was one of the things that I learned going to the Netherlands, being a missionary to the Netherlands, is my antennas were always up everywhere I went because, you know, we were sent by churches like you and other churches in South Texas and Arkansas and North Texas and whatever. You know, we were sent across the world to tell other people about Jesus. And so we took it very seriously. This was not a three-year vacation for us. This was, we are going there to let our light shine. And so our antennas, it, it, it was just for three years, were just up, you know, where are the lost people? We go into the grocery store, lost person, lost person, lost person. How can I, can I engage with them? How can I do this? We go uh, to a restaurant, you know, and the waiter and the waitress, lost person. So, do we, how can we say this? God bless you. I don't know. What do we say? Well, but our antennas were always up. And so it, that, that taught me for three years of always looking for where, who can I say something to God? Point me in the direction to, to talk to someone. I had those up and then coming back to America, sometimes we feel like oh, everybody's pretty much Christians. I don't know about that. I think we can go into HEB and have our antennas up a little bit. I think we can go to Walmart. I think we can go to our kids' ball games and the other parents that are there. We can have our antennas up and look and see where is it that you have for me to tell someone about Jesus. I was flying in. Um, Back into Amsterdam, where I had taken a short trip to, to Manchester, and I was flying back across the North Sea, and we were we were landing uh, the plane. We were flying into Amsterdam. I was by myself, and um, flying in. And you, those of you flown in a plane, have you been kind of on that level where you're almost kind of even with the clouds, and so you can see the sun above? Because we were flying above the clouds, so there's sun everywhere, but then underneath clouds. Uh, you know, I was kind of even with the clouds there. So I could see under the clouds, I could see over the clouds. And uh, uh, something of a joke in the Netherlands is because it's overcast all the time. Just 360 days of the year, it seems like. They, kind of the joke is that, you know, we have heard of some evidence of the sun, but none of us have ever really seen it. So we don't know if it exists, you know. And so, but I was in this moment of flying in, and I could see the sun, and it was very obvious. I, had, I was flying in. And, but underneath the clouds, it was like the clouds only covered the land. The clouds was not covering the sea. It was covering the land, and you, it was noticeably darker. The contrast was there was darkness under the clouds, and it was shining bright light above, uh, above the clouds. And I, I said to myself, no one else talks to themselves, do they? Am I the only one? Okay. I kind of said to myself jokingly, thinking about that joke that the Dutch people have, that they've never actually seen the sun, you know, I said a kind of joke to myself. I said, I promise, guys, there is a sun up here. I promise. And in that moment, the Lord said, tell them about my son. You know, they don't see the son of God. There's some evidence maybe that there is a God out there, but have they, maybe they haven't seen it. And so it's up to you to tell them. And as I'm flying into Amsterdam, we get under the clouds, and, there was, and there was, it was dark. The contrast was so stark. And I thought, we got to tell them. we got to tell people about Jesus. And so my antennas were once again ready to go. Okay, God, who do you want me to tell? Where do you want me to go? And so we have to, we have to be like that. If, if we have the light, 
They don't know where to go. We've got to be the one to tell them. Amen? Let our light shine. Skip over to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus, um, he begins to travel through the town. So it says, Jesus traveled through the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And so you get this picture of Jesus is walking through the towns and, you know, he starts walking through the city. He's got his 12 disciples behind him and, and there's, a, there's a small crowd there, but then it's like, Jesus is here. What? Jesus is here. And more people start coming out and, and so you, you, he's kind of trying to get through the crowds, you know, but there's so many people that are coming in. Jesus is where? He's over. And so everybody runs over and there's a crowd of people just everywhere he went. And so he's just walking through, trying to get through. If you've ever been to a ball game and there was like a large crowd and you're trying to, excuse me, excuse me, trying to find my seat. This is Jesus all the time. All the time, Jesus is walking and people are crowded around him. And, and so he's, he's healing people and he's teaching and he's doing all this stuff. And, and so he's, he's, as he's walking through this, just everybody is there around him. And verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I think that we, as Christians, we know that we should witness. We should share our faith. We should tell other people about Jesus. But for a myriad of reasons, maybe we choose not to. We're scared. We don't know what to say. What if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? You know, shouldn't I, like, learn the Roman road first before I go? You know, we got all this stuff that we, that we try to think. Can we just start with, can we have compassion for people? Can we just start right there, okay? As Jesus is walking through, he had this, you know, he was 100% divine, 100% human. He has this human moment of looking at these people who were just lost and who were sick, and he had to stop and look, and he had compassion on the crowds. And while we're on the verge of, of learning what we want to say to witness, can we just start with a place of compassion for people? There were people that had compassion for us, and they told us, and they taught us, can we have compassion for other people? Are there, are there people in your life, friends, family, neighbor, co-workers, they don't They've never experienced the love of Jesus Christ. They've not seen the sun. The clouds are in their way. They've not seen the sun. They, they haven't seen what we have seen. They haven't experienced what we have experienced. And so before, you know, we can get all the answers right, can we have compassion for people? Can we look to, to love other people? He says they looked at them like sheep without a shepherd. I think if we start there, that's a good starting point. That we want to have compassion for people. Hillsong United had a, had a song, very popular, still is pretty popular, called Hosanna. If you, if you know the song Hosanna by Hillsong. And there's a, there's a line in the song that gets me every time. It's in the bridge. As we're singing along about Hosanna, and then it says, Break my heart for what breaks yours. It gets me every time I sing that song and I sing that line. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And I'm here to tell you, people break the heart of God. 
God looked at these people with compassion and said, I, I want to heal them. I want to have, you know, I, I want them to know my amazing grace. God, break, break our heart for what breaks God, God's heart. So he continues in verse 37. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. I mean, he's walking through. It's just him and his 12 friends, and then there's hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, who knows, that are gathered around him. And so, he's, so he has, you've heard this verse before, but he has the, the visual here. <laughs> he says, the harvest is great. The workers at the moment are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. So it's not just that he prays and has compassion on those people who need to know about Jesus. He says pray for the workers. Pray that more people would step out and say, here am I, Lord, send me. Whether that's to another country, whether that's to my high school here, wherever that is. Send me, Lord. Pray to the Lord. Ask him to send more workers into the field. I don't know about you, but God is looking for people who says, here my Lord, send me. This was a, a, a perfect week to, to get a video. A, 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 um, one of our workers that we support um, sent a video to Naomi and myself, and I and sent it on Monday, and I said, this is perfect timing uh, to, to send this video. And so I want to show you just this short video that one of our workers, uh, her name is Carly, sent us uh, of someone who said, here am I, Lord, send me. Go ahead and play that. Hey, Friendship Church. My name is Carly, and I'm your worker in Eurasia. I serve on a Live Dead team, which means we focus on church planning movements among unreached people groups. The country where I serve actually has 88 unreached people groups. Currently, my teammates and I are discipling two girls from the Middle East. We're walking through what house church looks like, and it's been so exciting to see them take ownership, lead our time of scripture study, and pray for us. We've agreed to study the book of John together. So my prayer request would be for these two girls. Pray that they would follow Jesus and that they would be the church together. Pray also for our team as we have a bunch of new team members arriving here very shortly. Thank y'all so much for your faithful and sacrificial prayers and financial partnership. I'm so grateful to be working for God's glory among the nations right alongside y'all. Got that video this week. The week that I'm praying for the lost, speaking on reaching out to the lost, and she sends that to us. She sends just a, a thank you to us for what we're able to do. And I can tell you, Becky and I, we've been in her shoes of walking through the city just like she did. And just praying for people as we're walking through, figuring out, as she said, house church. What does that look like? What does it look like to have people into our home to have to talk about the Lord, to talk about our life? What does that look like? We've, we've asked those questions of ourselves as well. It's just another example of someone who, who says, there are so many people out there who need to know the love of Jesus Christ. Can we have compassion for them? Can we look out there and see someone who needs to know Jesus? I can tell you this, you will never look into the eyes of someone that God does not love. You will never, ever 
ever look into the eyes of someone that God does not love. And you may say, you don't know my family, you don't know my friends, you don't know the people that I work for. They are, they are gone as gone could be. And still, Jesus met Saul on the road to Damascus and said, I'm calling you, son. It doesn't matter how far gone you think somebody is. God loves them, wants to see them brought back to them. You will never look into the eyes of someone that God does not love. And so, of course, he tells us in Matthew 28, and you know, you know the Great Commission, don't you? Jesus came to and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said, go. He said, if you can get around to it, maybe do something. It's a command of God. He said, go. So that's physically walking out. Maybe that's financially supporting missionaries. But we've got to do something to go. Amen? We've got to do something to go and to tell them how selfish of us it may be to say, great, I've got Jesus, I'm going to heaven. Sorry to be you guys. No, 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 we've got to tell them. We've got to tell somebody about Jesus. They have to know. They have to know this amazing grace that we get to sing about every single Sunday. He says, go, and not just make converts, make disciples. There's a difference in a convert and a disciple. It used to be, you you know, you'd see these big crusades in Argentina and all these places. A guy would come in, Billy Graham, he would come in and he would, they would speak, and they would, people would come and give their heart to the Lord, and then they realize after a while, we don't know what, we're, what they're doing after that. They're just going home, and we don't know how to follow up with them. We don't know what to do. So Billy Graham noticed this, and other people, they would start partnering with the local churches to say, when pe- these people come forward, they give their heart to Christ, we want to give them a church to go to so that they can disciple in the Lord and grow in the Lord. That's making disciples. It's not just converts. Hey, I got that guy saved. Well, how's he doing? Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not just converts. We're there to make disciples, which is another reason to come to church, to go to church, because we get discipled in the Lord. We grow in the Lord. We worship together. It's not just getting a convert. He said to make disciples, to grow, to help someone walk along in the Lord. Verse 20 says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. See, this verse right here helps us, because it's not just go, get out there and witness, have fun. No, he's going with us. So this idea that, well, I don't know what to say, I don't know all the verses just yet, that, that's fine, we can get there, but God is going with you. He will give you the words to say. He gives you the opportunities. We talked about it a little bit on, I believe on Wednesday night, or, or no, it was yesterday morning at, at men's breakfast, we were talking about it, how people have more questions than you think. If you get people talking about their life, they've just never really thought about it, they have more questions than you think, and so you, you're just talking. We call it friendship evangelism. Chi Alpha is great at this. I don't know if they call it friendship evangelism or not, but Chi Alpha and, and the university campus is just fantastic at this because their, their, their idea is to make friends with people on their campus, to hang out with them, to live life with them, 
and they show them the love of God as they're going, okay? Witnessing is not just, you know, standing at the street corner yelling, turn or burn, okay? That's <laughs> There's more to evangelism than that, okay? That might have worked for a time. I, I don't know. But you can't just scream, turn or burn at somebody. There's friendship evangelism where you become friends with someone and you hang out and you go to a ball game and you have them over to your house and you go have some coffee. And I understand on the university campus it's pretty easy because you're all living in a dorm or easier. You're living in a dorm and you're going to class together. We have lives and jobs and everything else. But the principle is there is that you befriend other people. You have friends with people who don't know about Jesus and you have friendship evangelism. We, had, we became friends. It was the craziest thing in the Netherlands with, with Muslims, with Hindu, with atheists, uh, had them over to our house. We went over to their house. Um, just crazy. Just when you just befriend someone and you show the light. And I promise you, the more you begin to hang out with people, they're like, okay, what, what is the deal with you, man? <laughs> like you're different or something, but it's like a good different. Like what's going on? And you begin to talk about that. Worship team, come on up. <coughs> it's friendship evangelism. Who can you strike up a friendship with as you are leading them into a relationship with Jesus? It starts with compassion. It starts with taking these things to God. This is one of the things that I always said as a youth pastor. I've a youth pastor at a couple of different places, and I, I, I've said this. I've said this for twenty years because I believe it. I told teenagers this when I was a, when I was a youth pastor. I'd say you'll never talk to your friends about God until you talk to God about your friends. You'll never talk to your friends about God until you talk to God about our, about your friends. So we've got to bring our friends to the Lord. We have to talk to them. We have to tell them about Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. Y'all ready to do something? Here's what we're going to do. Where'd it go? Here we go. I want everybody to get out an offering envelope. It's right in front of the seat. Everyone hold an offering envelope. Get an offering envelope out and get a pen. Every, everybody. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for the lost this morning. Yes, we're going to pray that we have compassion to, to share our faith. But we're going to pray for the lost this morning. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to grab a pen. And of course, on this side, you know, you, you got all the information. Forget that side. Turn around to the back side, the blank side right here. Okay? What I want you to do is I want you to write the name of someone, family member, friend, co-worker, neighbor, whoever it is, someone who needs to come to know Jesus. Someone who simply... is simply lost they're blind and they need to see they need to see the love of Jesus Christ write that name down write a name maybe two names I don't want you to write 20 names down because I want us to be focused prayer today and this week okay focused prayer so what we're going to do is we're going to you're going to write that name down maybe two names write a name down and you're going to pray for them okay we're going to pray for him here for a moment. When you're done praying, what I want you to do is I want you to stand up, come to the altar, and I want you to lay that 
envelope, that offering, down on the altar for a couple of reasons. Number one, anytime we bring our needs to the Lord, we, we bring our needs to God. And we say, God, I give it to you. I give this person to you. God, I pray that you would give me opportunity to, to share the love of Jesus with them. Okay? We bring our offerings to the Lord. So two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to bring that up and you're going to give that person to God. The second thing that's going to happen is we're going to pray for the lost this week. We have a board meeting this week. We also have a staff meeting this week. We're going to collect these names and we're going to pray for them out loud. We, we want to believe and we want to pray with you for the lost. We're going to pray for the lost this week, all right? And so as you have focused prayer this week, this whole week, we're going to pray for the lost. And the one or two names that you write down, I want you to know that you've got a pastor and you've got a board and you've got a staff who is praying along with you for the lost. Does that sound good? So we're going to pray. So go ahead, team. Begin to worship and lead us. But what I want you to do is I want you to write the name down. I want you to pray. And take a few minutes. Pray for that person. When you're done praying, stand up, come down, sit it right there on the altar. We're going to pray for the lost today and for this week. And let me go ahead and say this for, real quick. If you're here this morning and, and you do not have Jesus in your heart, and you say, okay, we're talking about the lost people out there. I'm lost in here, and I want to pray with someone. I'm, I want to pray with you, okay? I'm going to stand over to my left and your right. If that's you this morning, I want to always give that opportunity. If you say, I want to ask Jesus into my heart, please come and talk to me up here. I would love to pray with you. You don't have to list all your sins. It's nothing like that. It's just I want to pray with you and your relationship with Jesus Christ, all right? So let's take this, let's take this moment, pray for that person, bring it up to the altar. We're going to pray for the lost today. Hallelujah. Church, let's pray for the lost this morning. God, we pray for the lost. We pray for every card that is represented here today, Lord. In these, on these offering cards, these offering envelopes, there are names. There are names of family members, names of friends, names of co-workers, names of neighbors, names of people who need to know you. God, we cry out to you for them. We cry out to you, God. Lord, we want to see them come to know you. Lord, we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. But God, we cry out to our friends, to our family members. Lord, we cry out for them. God, I pray that you would touch. God, I pray that you would use us to be that light, to shine that light. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, pray that you would touch. Pray that you would touch those, that they would come to know Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Pray that you would use us. Use us this week. Give us opportunity. Lord, let it be a text or a phone call or that a conversation is started seemingly out of the blue. Someone texts someone and calls someone, hey, I've had a question. I've been thinking about this. I, I don't know who else to ask, but I thought I'd ask you. I pray that we would have testimonies of that. I pray that we would have testimonies of someone just out of the blue. You know, I've been thinking about getting back into church. <laughs> out of the blue. People saying, can we talk? Talk about God. 
God, we pray for your guidance in all of this, Lord. Thank you, God, for the privilege, for the privilege of being able to stand up and say, here I am, God, send me. Here I am, God, use me. Thank you, God, for that. Pray that you'd be with us as as we're sent out to share your light, to have compassion for others, to befriend those who need a friend. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Church, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Gotta do it, church. And so this week, this is lost week. We're, we are praying for the lost. And I want you to know that you've got a board, that you've got a staff, that you've got a pastor, that you've got leaders who are going to pray with you and believe with you to see your loved ones come to the Lord. This week, that's what we're praying for every day, all right? This week. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming today. What a great day in the house of the Lord. Coming together, worshiping, hearing the word of the Lord.